Hello, friends. Welcome to Grace Thoughts, the radio ministry of Grace Connection Church with Pastor Tim Kelly. Grace Thoughts has been dedicated to preaching a clear gospel of grace for over 20 years. Here is Pastor Kelly. Probably if I had to say, if I said, what's the Christian's adversary, the first person you'd come up with, first entity would be the devil, and indeed he is. The Bible tells us his very name means adversary. Um, But when you really look at what we really battle with on a day-to-day basis, isn't what we just saw on that tombstone really the biggest enemy we face is the enemy of self? Because what arena does the devil play in? What arena does he attack the Christian in? But but areas of uncrucified self-life. Where else can he attack us? Anything, he can't really attack an area of the Christian life that's walking in the spirit. He can try, but he'll be repelled. But he'll look at that area of weakness, that insecurity, that fear, that need, that unmet dream, or whatever that is. And that will become the focus of his attack most times. We talk about a lot about life exchange, especially lately. We've been on a, a reoccurring theme, and this will be our theme for a season. Um, becoming like Christ. Um, taking on when Jesus died, we died with him, Romans 6, verse 6. When he resurrected, re-resurrected with him. When, when he ascended, we ascended with him, Ephesians um, 2, 6. And um, this is the exchange life. When Jesus said in, in Matthew eleven twenty seven, he said, the very life that me and the Father have, that he has given me permission to give to you. In other words, I'm giving you permission to have access into my relationship with the Father. That's the exchange life. And we can see the exchange life throughout the scriptures. And we, we saw it in First Peter. We'll see it again, probably not tonight in the verses, but in the, in the past. It's actually in there a little bit even tonight. So I want to talk, talk about that a little bit, but I want to talk about one ingredient one point or one key to every Christian's deliverance. We can talk about life exchange. Okay, and that is true. That's my position. But how does that work for you? And how does that work for me? There are different things that must go on in my heart and my soul if I'm going to exchange my life here on earth um, and walking in the flesh for Christ's life of walking in the Spirit. And it's simply this. It's, it's the Lordship of Christ. Or something you might want to call a total surrender, submission, whatever it is. I'm going to call it for the sake of tonight, the Lordship of Christ. So let's, with that in mind, I'm going to dive into that. Because this is exceptionally important, I think, for all of us. In First Peter chapter 4, um, of the first five verses. So then Christ suffered physical pain, New Living Translation. You must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ... You have finished with sin. What does that mean? Well, it's actually, it's not that hard to understand. If you have suffered for Christ, if you have died for Christ, then you're not sinning anymore. One of the most most sinless places in the whole world is a cemetery. (laughs) There's no one sinning there. They've given up sin. They've died to sin. They don't sin anymore. So so if you suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Now, now this is a a background here. This local church, as you know, as we reiterate it, has been undergoing a local persecution. They've been, um, some were dying, some were being physically beaten. and, um, And so suffering was a regular course of life. And so you'll see the subject of suffering for Christ, unjust suffering, much more precious than gold. You see it woven into almost every chapter. 
in, in this epistle. And so, and, and so Peter's consistently dealing with that issue that telling these Christians, you, you will go through things that will be unpleasant. You will face things that your flesh does not like. Verse 2, if you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. You have had just... You have had enough in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of, a of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things as they do. So they slander you. <laughs> that ever happened to anyone? So you're going to make but remember, they will have to face God who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. So the overall theme here is keeping the Christian life in perspective. Peter's basically saying here, what is, um, let's, you're going to suffer. You're going to be tempted. You'll be rejected. And I hope that your life is about something higher than the moment. I hope that your life is something higher about circumstantial things that may be going on in your life at this current time. I hope your life is connected to a higher resource and a higher um, ideal than what's happening in time and space. Because for you guys in this church, time and space is not being very kind to you. And there's no promise that it will ever start being very kind to you. You'll suffer unjustly. You'll face physical pain. You'll face um, society's rejection. You're going to face all these things. And in essence, he's saying, but we live for something higher than that. Now, when we talk about the Lordship of Christ, what does that mean? Well, first of all, let me just make a few things very clear. Whether you give Christ the lordship of your life or not, he is Lord. <laughs> His lordship is unnegotiable. Whether we like it or not, whether we act like it or not, whether we think like it or not, he is Lord and he always will be. And that's sort of important to settle that. Nothing sneaks up on God. Now, let's put ourselves in the, mind, the mindset of the, the church in First Peter. Could this be what serving God's all about? I say yes to Jesus, and he floods my heart with his Holy Spirit, and I start getting beaten. Wow. And I lose my home, I lose my friends, I lose my relationships. Everything falls apart all around me. No one told me this was going to happen when I said yes to Jesus. But you see what he's saying. What the point I'm getting at is Jesus is Lord. And because he's Lord, he controls the things that I suffer. He controls the things that I'm tempted with. He controls the, the people in my life or the people leaving my life, the people who used to be part of my life, the people who aren't part of my life anymore. He controls those things. He controls my marriage. Always trying to extract something from us and put something in us that could get there no other way. So let's talk about the Lordship of Christ a little bit. What does it mean? Well, let's, let me read you this quote by C.S. Lewis. It's sort of lengthy, but it's a pretty good quote. I really like it. He says, Your real new self, which is Christ and yours also, and yours just because it is his, will not come as long as you're looking for it. It will come when you're looking for him. 
Give yourself up and you'll find your real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will ever really be yours. Nothing in, nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. That's a great sentence. I put that on Facebook. I didn't give C.S. Lewis credit for it, but um, don't tell anyone I posted that. He, he said, nothing in you that has not died will never be raised from the dead. In other words, if I'm going to ever have resurrection life, I have to be dead first. If I'm going to experience the resurrection life of Christ, then there must be a burial of certain things in my life. Look for yourself and you will find the long, in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you'll find Him. And with Him, everything else is thrown in. So what does it mean to say Christ is my is my Lord. I, I'm making him the Lord of my life. Well, I think it means numerous things. First thing, the most obvious things, is I understand that my time is God's. Now, that's one. That time is one of the commodities, believe it or not, that we are gluttons with. We gluttonize, we gluttonize our own time. And I think we need to ask ourselves a question, where does God fit in my, in my time priorities? Where is the things of God and the kingdom of God fit when I, when I validate my priorities of time management? One of the things I see quite frequently is, is the things of God and the things of the kingdom, the things of the church, which are important, local, universal. There's somewhere down on the bottom of values and somewhere on the bottom of priorities. As long as I can fit everything else in my life, if I have any time left over, I'll give it over to the things of God. My friends, what I just said is probably the exception, not the rule, not the exception. What I said is, what I just said is, is common for most believers, not uncommon for most believers. But answer this to, ask this to yourself and answer it honestly to yourself and the Lord. How would God manage that? Now, obviously, we've got to take care of our families and we've got to nurture our children and we've got to have family time and these different things. But where does God fit on the importance of my time management? Is God something I, I, I really do try to give him a little bit of time every week? Or is it, this is what I must do, this is what I'm giving to God in my schedule and my timing, and then, if I can work in a hobby and this and that and whatever, we'll do that. Time management. That's, um, that's probably one of the greatest, I think, schedules, uh, uh, and our schedule is one of the greatest indicators of the Lordship of Christ. Gifts are gifts. God gave me gifts. Gave you gifts. Every Christian has at least one gift. Is Jesus the Lord of your gift? In other words, what am I doing with my gift that God has given me? My gift was not meant to put on the shelf. It was given to me for the edification of the body of Christ. It wasn't even really given to, for me. It was given for others. So whether, whatever my gift slash gifts might be, how are they being utilized in my, in my time on planet Earth? 
Am I using those gifts? Do I really even have that gift? Or do I really want his gift? Because mine's boring. <laughs> but, but see what I'm saying? So what am I doing with my gifts? Sometimes folks will have certain gifts, but they, they sort of just let's sit on their hands a little bit. And they said, my, my gift is, um, is inactive at the moment. Well, did God inactivate it? Or did you inactivate it? Did you take it off the front line? Or did Christ take it off the front line for a season? Gifts were meant to be used. The body of Christ, universal, the body of Christ, corporate, without the using of each other's gifts, is um, we're, we're almost, in a sense, robbing other believers from what God wants to give them through us. And I do understand rest. I do understand sabbaticals. I do understand t- taking some time off. I understand when life dealt a harsh blow to you, you may have to withdraw for a, a, a while to get healed. I do get that. But there also is a time to get up again and get back using the gifts that God has equipped you with. Whatever that is. Thank you for listening to Grace Thoughts, a ministry of Grace Connection Church. This is Pastor Kelly. If you live in the Bay Area, we would love to meet you. Our service times are Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Grace Connection Church is located at 4017 56th Avenue North, St. Petersburg. Or you can call us at 727-565-4674. Again, 727-565-4674. Or visit us on the web at graceconnectionchurch.org. Again, that is graceconnectionchurch.org. We hope we get a chance to meet you. Until then, keep thinking Grace Thoughts.